Got some questions here so you can just make some notes. I'm being facetious, of course, okay. So I've got some, uh, a few things here that you can uh, take some notes on and hopefully uh, maybe look back on because this is an all-important uh, topic uh, that we have. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to give some definition to what the mission is, uh, what is the mission of the church, uh, what's the difference between the purpose of the church and the mission of the church, and it's very good that we're able to be able to define that. It's going to give us focus on what we do. And um, how can I participate in uh, also applying gathering and scattering to my life? So we'll talk a little bit about that because we participate in the mission. Once we leave uh, this, um, our church here building, the ministry center, uh, we participate in when we're scattered. What should we think about? What should we do? And then how can I participate in expanding the mission? So we'll talk a little bit about you know, what that, what that means uh, for us. So, like I said, w regarding the mission, um, we, we talk about the mission frequently. And I think that we use it in all-encompassing terms. Uh, it doesn't mean that you necessarily use it in an inappropriate way, and I'm certainly not here to uh, suggest that at all. But I do want us to have some definition of what the, what the mission is. What is the mission of the church? and how we uh, participate in that. So, you know, we might say, uh, you know, that person is uh, mission-minded, or, you know, I'm pursuing the biblical mission, or it's all about the mission of the church. So we can use it, maybe we mean some different, uh, uh, have different meanings on how we um, uh, present that. But, so I want us to know exactly what is uh, the mission and that we need to be, make sure that we make sure that we understand. And also, if I were to t tell you, if we were to learn about a mission that has greatest importance in life, and it lasts a lifetime, and it can impact your eternity, would that be a mission worth pursuing? And I think we would all say, yes, that that would be. So we'll take a look at that. So let's try to define what mission is. Um, Stephen Neal says, is, if everything is mission, nothing is mission. So, in other words, it's specific on what our mission is. I think what makes it even a little bit more difficult regarding mission is that uh, the word mission, or it uses a noun, is not even in your, in your Bible. Now, please don't start thumbing through your Bible and you're going to prove me wrong. That's <laughs> uh, but uh, I looked at my concordance and uh, mission is not listed uh, in that. So. It's not in there, so I think that that gives a little bit of uh, with a challenge regarding that. Uh, David Bosch, in his book, Transforming Mission, said that since the 1950s, uh, Christians have been using the word mission um, even more uh, than what they had uh, prior to that. So Bosch does give us a little bit of uh, definition of what mission is. Uh, since we're trying to develop uh, defining what it is. And he does it in a broad sense, and we'll be able to apply it to a particular passage of Scripture, which I believe is the mission of the church. And uh, so he uh, presupposes that there's a sender, uh, a person or persons sent by the sender, and to whom one is sent, and then also an assignment. 
So an assignment is given. So very simply, uh, the mission implies two things. Is that uh, we're sent and we're given a task as we're being sent. So very simply, that's uh, what uh, the mission is. The first one makes sense because uh, uh, the, uh, the mission uh, in Latin means uh, to be sent. And the second one is implied in the first, that we're given a task. So we're sent and we're given a task to do a specific thing. So that's what a mission is. So let's start to apply that uh, definition uh, to the mission of the church. So what is uh, the mission of the church? You know, we can also struggle with this as we try to apply this definition to the church if we're not lining that up with the Word of God. So we need to be able to, uh, to do that. I had the privilege of uh, leading our uh, Leadership Institute uh, for those who want to be, uh, for men that would like to be uh, leaders in the church. And one of the modules that we went through is the mission. It was, uh, it was a very good uh, study for the men. And we got to really kind of walk through, you know, what is the mission of the church? Because sometimes we can think that, uh, as John Stott says, he says, Mission is not everything the church does, but what it is sent in the world to do. So what are we sent in the world to do? So there's a lot of things that uh, we can get involved in, the church can get involved in, very good things, such as uh, uh, ministries of mercy. Uh, it could be cultural engagement. Uh, these are all good things, and these are things that can lead us to accomplishing the mission of the church, but they're not an end unto themselves. Okay, so if that's all we're doing, then we're not really pursuing, I believe, the biblical mission that we'll see. So let's get some uh, clarity from a couple of passages on, on the mission. Uh, first, it'll be, our first passage that we're gonna take a look at is Luke 4, 16 through 21. I'll read it, uh, but if you want to uh, take a look there again, Luke 4, uh, 16 to 21, and see what uh, Jesus says of his mission. It says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unscrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So we can see from Christ's mission here that he is to proclaim the good news. He is the word. He is the truth. So we see that he proclaims the good news to the poor. We see that he proclaims freedom for the prisoners and he also proclaims the year of the Lord's favor. So we can start to see here that proclaiming is a big part of the mission. 
It's proclaiming the good news. It's proclaiming the gospel. So it's not just enough to live good works in front of people. It is articulating the gospel to a lost and unsaved world. And we need to keep that in mind as we move forward. So Luke 4 here highlights the announcement of the good news, and it sets the stage for the mission of the church, which should include proclaiming the gospel. So that leads us to what is the mission of the church. And we see that in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Again, we'll see that in Matthew 28, 16 to 20. And I'll read it for you. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So if we go back to the definition or uh, the criteria that uh, David Bosch had given us, uh, we can see in this passage here the mission of the church. Who is the sender? Jesus is the sender. He said to his disciples, who is sent? Well, his, clearly he was talking to the disciples, to the church, to us as individuals as we go throughout our week. So we're sent. The church is sent. To whom we are sent, we are sent to all peoples and all nations. It says all nations, but we are to reach all peoples. And what is our assignment? What is our task? To make disciples. We are to make disciples. I mean, what a great privilege that we have, that we've been called out of this world to be able to participate in a mission that has high importance, it lasts our lifetime, and I believe it impacts our eternity. And do we view it as such? That it is a great privilege. So we're gonna, I wanna flesh this out on how we're gonna be able uh, to do that. And we can see uh, how the mission, the mission of the church is in action. If you look at, um, at the book of Acts, it um, shows the mission of Jesus being fulfilled as the word of God increases and multiplies. It says in uh, Acts 1a, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And in 242, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I mean, discipleship is there. That they were, um, that they were, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching so that they could take that and later they were going to other areas to be able to present the gospel. And then from there in uh, chapter 12, verse 24, it says, but the word of God continued to spread and flourish. And we can see the results of the gospel as it, after the persecution of the church and uh, saints were, um, were, were spread out, they fleed to other areas and then they took the gospel and it continued to grow. And it was great to see 
all the many that were added. As you go through the book of Acts, you can see the thousands that were added uh, to the church at that particular time. Now, you might be thinking, okay, this is the mission of the church, is that uh, it's the Great Commission. It's, it's taking uh, the Word of God. It's taking the Gospel. It's taking it to all nations, to, for all people, so that we can, so that we can uh, uh, give them the Gospel. So you might be thinking in, in your minds, okay, how does that, how does that um, 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 fit into with God's glory being spread out? So what I'd like to do is just make a distinction because this is very important because it gives us focus on what is important is the purpose, what is the purpose of the church? So our purpose of the church is, our purpose is why we exist. So 1 Corinthians 10.31, our purpose is to bring glory to God. So whatever we do, we are to bring glory to God. So that is the purpose of the church. The mission is, you know, what we do and for whom we do it. And so the mission of the church accomplishes the purpose of God. And let me illustrate that. There's a a very good article that I've kept through the years. Uh, Tim Challies uh, wrote it. It's uh, the purpose of the church. And if you want to get it, it's very good. It's, very, it's a short article. Um, it's very succinct, and I like it, and I like to uh, refer back to it. But um, Mark Dever um, said this regarding the purpose and actually the mission, where he ties it all together. He says, The local church exists to glorify God through worshiping Him, edifying His people, in evangelizing the world. So we can see there the purpose of the church and the mission of the church. We can see making disciples, edifying his people, and then taking that to a lost world and being able to present the gospel to them. So we want to be evangelizing them. So our mission is not disconnected at all. In fact, it's connected to our purpose of the church. Our mission is is to be able to take this out now that we've, um, to be able to present the gospel for those, for a lost and dying world. So that brings us to, you know, gathering, gathering and scattering. And so this is where we fit into the mission. Because sometimes we can, have, you know, in our, um, you know, our opinion can be that, um, you know, the mission is for the church. You know, we, we do it through the church, and, and that is true. But we participate in that. It's like living a righteous life. You participate in living a righteous life. So we participate in the mission of the church, and this is how we do it. So hopefully now we've got a clear understanding of what our purpose is, purpose of the uh, churches and understanding the mission of it. So now let's start to see how this impacts our lives because this plays a critical part in the expansion of the gospel. And really that just is through everyday life. Because sometimes we can think, well, hey, all the, all the big stuff in the church is done by, you know, maybe the pastoral staff or the, or the leadership team or whatever, that they handle the big areas of the church. And I you know, there's some uh, degree, you know, Pastor Ken, I mean, he brings forth the Word of God each and every week. 
that is huge. That's a huge part of our worship, and we'll take a look at that in, in a minute. Um, but also on how we play a very, very important part of that. So here today, we gather, okay? First hour in our worship hour, um, we, came, we came to worship the true and living God. The word of God was open to us. It was preached. We sang, really, the word of God. We read the word of God. And we were trying to apply the word of God by the help of the Holy Spirit. So we're applying that to our lives. That's all part of worship, of what we do. So now that we've worshiped the Lord, now we get to the point where what happens after, well, another 25 minutes here at 12 o'clock? We're going to leave. We're going to scatter. Okay? So just think about that. We've worshiped the Lord. We've been fed the word of God. And we've been encouraged to have, have an impact on a lost and dying world. So we're going to take that now, and now we're going to scatter. So where are we going to scatter to? Just think of all the different cities that we have represented here today. We've got Rockwood, South Rockwood, Flat Rock, Grozeal, Trenton, Woodhaven, uh, Allen Park. Any others that I didn't? Uh, I know there's more. Southgate, Gibraltar. There you go, yeah. So once we scatter, we're going to go to our respective homes. Okay, we're going to see you know, the, our neighborhoods. Uh, but then from there, during the week, we're going to work, right? Or some of you work in the home, some of you work outside the home. So now we, there's another layer of territory that we're going to cover. So I work in Northville, so I go from Woodhaven to Northville. And I know that uh, all of you work in other, a lot of you work in other cities than where you live. So there's a whole other territory that we're reaching. So you can start to see the ripple effect that we can have with the mission of the church and being able to have the privilege to be able to share the gospel with others. So let's start to consider some of the roles in life and let's bring it home in terms of how we can apply this uh, to our lives. So let's just start with uh, mothers, just mothers in general. I mean, this is, I've, with my uh, daughter, she has a couple of uh, young ones, and uh, they are very rambunctious. And, uh, and I know that, so after about a couple hours after they've been to my house, I'm, I, I know what a kind of a job that mothers have. And so my heart goes out to mothers with, with, with uh, little children because it's a very, very difficult job. And sometimes we can th you can think as, as a mother, it's like, wow, I wish I could get involved in some of this mission stuff, that'd be really nice, you know, if I didn't have to watch kids maybe all the time and be able to get involved in that. Well, let me just say that you as mothers, you're, you're part of making disciples. That time that you're spending with your little ones is not wasted time or it's not just doing or just, you know, spending time. You're there. I know that most of the mothers end up leading their children to the Lord. That is a great privilege. That's part of the mission. Also, you have a natural audience 
to be able to share the gospel with and have an impact with with other mothers. And I've seen your mothers in here that have gone to say entrusted and, and, and are trying to bring up their, uh, their children um, in the admonition of the Lord, is that there's a difference there. There's a difference that on how they raise their children, and that has an impact on other mothers that you're around. I ran into somebody this week, and I looked at them, it was from our church, and they had their two little ones in, a, in their uh, shopping cart. And they were just sitting there as good as can be. Now, that doesn't just happen, okay? And I would have to say that most mothers today that maybe don't have the benefit of going to Entrusted, that it's like, wow, how does that happen? Can you talk to me about that? Well, we've got a program at our church called Entrusted that helps us learn how to parent our children. That's a great opportunity, a great mission field to be able to, uh, to be able to reach other mothers that you have. College students, you know, just being able to, sh just being able to tell the other students that you uh, go to school with, you know, that, um, hey, I'm not just doing this for just grades so I can get a good job. You know, I've got a lifelong mission that I'm pursuing. Let me tell you about it. It gives you a great opportunity to be able to share that with others around you. Again, is just, just using those natural relationships that you have, using their uh, natural uh, spheres of influence to be able to, to reach others. If you're a business owner, I have a privilege of being a, a business owner. There's, I know there's uh, uh, business owners in, in this uh, room here, ones that own businesses before. But we've got a different motivation than just making money. It's not about the bottom line. It's a great opportunity to be able, number one, you've got employees under you, so you have an opportunity to be able to reach them. Also, to be salt and light in the business world. As I'm dealing with uh, 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 clients, it gives me an opportunity for them to see, hey, I do business differently. So if I'm in a sales situation, I'm gonna, my goal is to give you full disclosure. Not just when it's convenient for me and it's good for me to withhold information, but I'm gonna tell you the, the good, bad, and the ugly as best I can. So again, that helps that, that helps with that. Also, being able to make money is, is a good thing, but not just you know, rewarding yourself with that, with, with those monies. Being able to take those monies and give generously um, to the mission, giving generously to the church, being benevolent to other people. So it's not just making money. I've got a mission that I'm involved with, and that takes precedent over myself. And so I want to make sure that I'm able to do that, but also being able to to reach others. Workers, I can't, if you're out in the workforce, I can't think of a better way to show your testimony by the way that you work. There is something called the Judeo-Christian work ethic. And we have that, we should have that, is because we got that term because of the way that we work. We should be the hardest workers that there are 
in companies. And why do we do that? We do that because it gives us opportunities. If you consider Ephesians 5 and Galatians 3, so whether I'm in a job that's what I think is dead end, or maybe I don't enjoy it, maybe it is, <laughs> I want to provide for my, just for my family. But there's, there's a higher cost for, for why we work. But I work as unto the Lord. So if it's a job that you don't like, maybe you think it's a dead-end job, maybe you want to move on to something else, be thankful for the work that you do have. But realize what you do is unto the Lord. I'm working as unto the Lord. So if your coworker says, man, you know, you really busted around here. You're a hard worker. It gives you an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I do. I work as unto the Lord. I have a different motivation. This is my motivation. So it doesn't matter if my employer is in another state. It doesn't matter if my employer is in a different country. I'm working as unto the Lord, so it doesn't matter whose eye is on me. I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can. It gives you a great opportunity to be able to talk to people and open up about your faith. Again, going back to uh, the gospel, that it has to be proclaimed. But this gives you opportunities to be able to do that. That's how we live out the mission in our everyday lives. Senior saints, I'm getting uh, to be in that uh, category now. So a couple more months, I'll be eligible for uh, Social Security. <laughs> so there's different spheres of influence that you're going to have in your life. Just like Pastor Ken had mentioned uh, 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 today, that there's a lot of worry out there. I met with a guy this week, went out to lunch, he's not a believer, and he recounted to me, things have changed. This world has changed, and he said changed quickly. So there's a lot of fear out there. So this gives you an opportunity. Hopefully you're not hanging around just believers all the time, that you're mixing with unbelievers so that you can be salt and light to them. So this gives you a great opportunity to just say, hey, look, yeah, I know things have changed. I see it. Yeah, things are really, uh, change has been expedited here within the last, for sure, five years. But let me tell you, my, I have a relationship with the Lord, and I know that all things are in his hands. It's not that bad things can't happen to me, but they're in his hands. He has control. And he's not going to allow anything in my life that is not his will. But you know what? His word tells me that I can live fearlessly in this world. You think that's going to catch somebody's attention who's concerned about this world and what's going on in it? That you can live fearlessly? Again, it's not that things... Bad things aren't, can happen to, to believers. But we know that God is in control and that we should not worry. So a great opportunity to be able to do that. Another way I think that um, as we get older that we can help the next generation um, is to be able to disciple our young couples. I mean, we're, we're making this transition within our church. It's been 22 years. I used to have red hair. I used to kind of look like, uh, is Billy Cochran in here? I used to have a little bit more red hair. Now it's, you know, turning all gray. But um, 
we have an opportunity now that we've gone through life's experiences. We've gone through the job losses. We've gone through the difficulty with the kids. But so we have a real opportunity to be able to disciple our young couples and our young people, letting them know, look, this is what's really important in life. That thing you're pursuing, you know, you might want to think about that. Here's why you might want to think about it. But discipling the next generation, being able to do that, maybe some of that means just, hey, we'll help watch your kids every so often so that they can maybe, um, you know, take advantage of a, um, a marriage class, could be a parenting class. I know with the entrusted ministry, that ministry could not function if there were not individuals who were willing to sacrifice to say, you know what, I'll come in and watch your children for a couple hours. What a great blessing that is. And these women are profiting greatly by this program. So as we get older, we need to think about who can we disciple. It doesn't mean that everything in your life has gone your way, because it doesn't, right? We've learned that. <laughs> it doesn't go our way all the time. But what a great way to be able to disciple others, what's important, how to love your wife, how to lead your family spiritually. This is what's important. I, me I messed this area up. Let me just tell you about it. You know, these are ways that we can help disciple. And then obviously we have our natural spheres of influence, our organizations uh, that we're involved in that we can be able to have an impact. And then lastly, just community impact. You know, that's why I love to hear that people get involved in, maybe their kids are in a different, they're in a, you know, a baseball league or a soccer league or, you know, piano, whatever it might be what your kids are involved in, or what you're involved in. I know of a, um, um, a mature uh, Christian believer that he got into a cycling club just so he had an opportunity to be able to get to know unbelievers so that he could have an impact on them. I think that's great. You can still have fun. He loves to cycle. <laughs> but he also knows I'm on a mission. So I'm going to make sure that I take advantage of that so that I can have an impact on others. So let's talk a little bit about, so that's how we fit into the mission, and it's critical. Again, we all live in different cities, we all work in different ways, uh, in different areas, and we're all involved in a lot of different organizations. So we can see with the mission of the church on how that ripples, how that impacts has on this community and a lost and dying world. And that's what we're called to do. We are called to um, live lives that are attractive for Christ and to be able to share the gospel with them. So let's talk a little bit. I'll just kind of end this with um, expanding the mission. And one of the projects that we did, we kind of took this project on our own with the, with the mission for the uh, Leadership Institute, because I'll tell you, once you start talking about the mission of the church, uh, you get excited. You should get excited. It's a great privilege to be able to, to serve the Lord and to be able to carry out his mission. So we came up with some ideas on just different things. And I, I'm throwing them out there because it might be something that you say, you know what? Hey, 
That's something I'd like to pursue. You know, maybe I could get involved in that. So we talked um, about Trenton schools, being able to get involved in the school system. What a, what a great opportunity. I mean, there's different groups that you can have, even after hours. Having somebody would say, hey, that's something I would like to get involved in. You know, I'd like to maybe, maybe I could read a storybook to some smaller kids. Or maybe I can have, maybe I can be that support to students in the public school system or whatever school it is. So just having opportunities to be able to do that. What are other areas? I mean, there's other areas within the community that we can have an impact. You know, maybe it's, you know, we can help out at the, uh, you know, the Trenton uh, football games, whatever. They need, they need uh, volunteers as well. Uh, but there's a lot of different opportunities that we can have if we just pursue it. And we say, hey, look, let's, let's check it out. Um, we've had door hangers in the past. And you say, well, I don't know. That, uh, <laughs> I'm a little maybe intimidated of uh, taking door hangers to a door. Um, actually, it's a lot of fun. And I'll tell you why it's a lot of fun. is because you get to meet people. And it's a great way to be able to say, hey, look, you know, this is our church in the area. And uh, we're the old uh, Taylor Elementary School. And uh, let me just tell you a little bit about some of the ministries that we have in our church. And maybe this might uh, be something that we can help you or your family with. So again, it gives us an opportunity to get out there. It's boots on the ground in the community. Another uh, idea was given a Beaumont Hospital. Uh, one, uh, I had an opportunity early on uh, before uh, COVID that uh, there was a lady in the church, an uh, elderly lady who wanted somebody to come by and, and pray for. So, you know, that was an opportunity that was given to, can you imagine, I mean, we've got, you know, this, this hospital or, or is it Cor, uh, Corwell or? Corwell. Corwell now, not Beaumont, but you know, the hospital right next to us here. There's a lot of opportunity for people who are in, maybe in their minds, they're in you know, dire straits, I mean, health-wise, and they need somebody to be able to talk to and for somebody to pray. What a great opportunity. We've got an assisted living facility just opened up down across the street. What a great opportunity. If, if you went in there, I guarantee you, because I was in assisted living, they love to talk to new people coming in. It's a great opportunity. You have a captive audience to be able to talk to people. So assisted living. Um, we talked about having like a car show, you know, where, you, you know, all those vintage vehicles you go by and uh, they bring their vintage vehicles and uh, you, you can have a, you know, a handout to give for that. Uh, in fact, the church right up our street beat us to the punch. They just had it couple of weekends ago. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there, a great opportunity to be able to talk to people going, hey, look at their vehicle, whatever, and then, you know, be able to talk a little bit about some of the things that we have for church. But anyway, it just, you know, the list uh, or the opportunities can be, um, you know, really, there's a lot of opportunities out there. It's just a matter of really, hey, where has the Lord gifted me? What kind of uh, gifts and desires has he given me? And being able to plug that in so that we can, um, so that we can uh, uh, be salt and light out into the uh, community. Uh, opportunities globally. Um, 
you know, they're short-term mission trips. Uh, I've been associated with uh, uh, Word Partners, and it's kind of like a lay elder type program that teaches you on how to, um, you know, how to prepare, uh, uh, you know, to present uh, the Word of God. And, but, they have, it's, it, but they have a missions aspect of it. So they go out into the mission field and actually help missionaries out. You'd be surprised the kind of training that missionaries have out in the field. And so this um, organization, that's what they do. It's a nonprofit. In fact, uh, Pastor Ken uh, was in his uh, uh, D-Min program with the uh, president of this uh, organization, but a very good um, organization. But again, they promoted, their main thing was promoting missions trips, where you go out there and actually minister to people. Uh, our church is going to be going to uh, Zambia uh, in next year. So again, another opportunity to be a blessing, to go out globally. I, I, you will come back changed. You will come back saying, man, we've got so much in this country. But yet you'll go to some of the poorest um, parts of this world and you'll say, wow, these people, they were happy. It's like they didn't even miss what we have, but yet we put such an importance on it. So we're able to do that. Uh, there are crossroads for our young uh, college and, and career uh, students. Uh, they've gone through a mission uh, program. And basically just to kind of open up their, uh, their eyes to, hey, maybe the Lord's calling you to missions, a foreign, uh, a foreign country, where you can go and be a missionary. So again, it's giving that exposure to our young people. To, is, don't have just the blinders on, you know, I've got to go to school for X, and I've got to become an X. You know, listen to what, you know, how the Lord might uh, lead you with that. So I, I think that's great that we're a being able to do that. Um, but some of us, I mean, the mission is, there are some costs to the mission. Obviously, we've got to go out into a lost and dying world and proclaim Christ. That can be offensive to people. But also, some, of, um, some will be reassigned for the sake of the mission. To expand the mission will be reassigned. So it could be church planting. Pastor Ken has talked about this. You know, if you, if you, if you break off a certain portion of our church to go plant a church, that's a good thing. We were part of that when we were part of uh, uh, Huron Baptist. When we broke off a very small <laughs> uh, few to, uh, to plant this uh, church here. It was a great opportunity, and we've enjoyed that. But you do end up, um, you know, you're leaving a church, so there is some cost with that. Church revitalization. There's a lot of smaller churches out there that need people to kind of come and help them. Again, that's why I appreciate about our church is that we've been able to kind of perpetuate the church. We've already seen that. We've already seen key positions that have perpetuated. That's how the church remains strong for the future, is we're continuing to bring in the youth into the church to be able to take these positions so that it can go into the future. Um, helping churches that need help. There's a lot of churches out there. We're very blessed at this church, very blessed. We're blessed financially, and we're blessed with a lot of God-given talent in this church. They've been able to serve in a lot of different areas in our children's ministries, um, 
all the way up, we've had, we've been blessed with that. Uh, Tracy and I have a desire to help a smaller church. And um, it's, we'd like to be able to help a church out uh, very similar to how we had individuals that joined our church when we started. When we started, we had, um, I don't know, I think we had like 15 or 17 people all total when we started. It actually started with uh, three and a half families. And then it went to like 17. And then Pastor Ken had to remind me, I said, uh, I thought we started with 35. He says, no. He says, we had 35 somewhere in the first year. But part of that 35 was we had people from other churches and their pastors opened it up for them to be able to come and help us out. They, they made that offer. He said, hey, if you have a burden to help this young church out, go ahead and, and, and go. So we benefited from that from the years. So you have to have individuals who can staff the nursery. You have to have uh, teachers for the children to be able to minister to a particular area. So we benefited from that. Uh, but certainly, I've all, I, we've had that desire to be able to help out a smaller church and we'll see how God leads in that area. So I've got just a couple of minutes, and as we close, um, hopefully you have a renewed or a new appreciation for the mission. And we're all included in that. It's not just a certain classes within the church leadership that's involved in the mission of the church. As you can see, is that the whole church is part of the mission. So just start, and maybe just a good place to start is just where has God placed you in life? What kind of sphere of influences has he put um, in, your, in, your, um, in your path? And so just learning to, to, uh, to talk to people, and they'll eventually start to confide in you of you know, troubles that they have in this world. It, 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 it affects all the fallenness of man affects us all. I mean, to, and uh, so it gives us opportunities to be able to do that. So just start where you're at. Think of those that God has placed. It could be on your, each side of you, your neighbors, organizations that you're involved with at work, wherever it might be. So it's almost 12 o'clock. What does that mean? It means it's time to scatter, right? Okay, so let me ask you, are you ready for a mission? All right, I'll close in prayer. Father, we thank you for um, my brothers and sisters here, Lord, and uh, for the influence and the encouragement that we can draw from one another. We thank you for um, your work in each of our lives. We thank you for uh, the mission that you've called us to. I just pray, Lord, that we need your strength as we uh, go throughout into the world this week. I, we just pray for your protection. I pray for your boldness, that we will look for opportunities to spread your glory. And we thank you for this great privilege. I just pray that uh, you'll give everyone a good week, bring them back safely for next week. In Christ's name, amen. You are dismissed.